0: gravitated, it's hard, hard for me not to get emotional about this. I typically gravitated to the kids who didn't have anybody gravitating to them. And that was oftentimes because maybe they had something that, you know, was very visible that, you know, you were uncomfortable with. But I knew that, uh, you know, the purpose of our visit was to visit with these kids and these these adults. And so that was my thing. I, I went to the kids who didn't have someone with them. And uh, you know, so again, I realized that that was just something that I was, I was good at, I felt like, and, and I was passionate about it.
1: Are you ready to step up your game? Do you wanna form the habits required to take your hustle to the next level? You're in the right place. We've been where you are, and know that getting to your optimized next level doesn't happen by accident.
2: Welcome to the Next Level Hustle podcast. Each week, we sit down with experts, entrepreneurs, and people at the top of their game to help you discover how to accelerate what you've already been doing with excellence and speed to find success and fulfillment in every area of your life. I'm your host, Boomer Allred. And I'm also your host, John Wiesahan. This is going to be Next Level. Welcome again, and thanks for joining us here at the Next Level Hustle Podcast. I am John, your co-host, and I'm Boomer, your co-host, and we welcome Chad Coltrane, CEO and President of Victory Junction Camp. Is that correct? That is correct. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Chad. You know, we'll get going. You know, Boomer, if you don't mind, just give our audience a little bit about Chad and what we're going to talk about today, and maybe a little teaser about what Chad's got going on in the next couple of weeks.
2: I think that'd be really cool. Sure. So one of the reasons why uh, Chad and I are connected, I'll tee this up. The last 20 years, I've volunteered my my time as a cameraman to help the sponsors and marketing for the Kyle Petty charity ride across America. Kyle Petty um, does a motorcycle ride with about 125 uh, motorcycles and probably 200 people all in all with all the extra folks that help with the ride. 200 bikes? Uh, about 125 and then you have a lot of hogs (laughs) hogs. absolutely and so you imagine we go from point to point across the country and raise money and awareness for victory junction uh camp up in random in north carolina and so 20 years ago i started doing this and now they're an extended family of mine and chad you run the camp you have a great team up there and the one of the coolest things. About Victory Junction that I that I feel, and, and you can tell me more. Uh, it's a, it's a camp for special needs kids, and just the fact that they get to do the things that kids that, that are in their predicament don't get to do, right? So they a lot of a lot of people are like, oh, that that person can't do this because they have asthma. Well, that's not the case. Like you can't swim because you have sickle cell anemia. Well, that's not the case. You're like. They can they can fish. They can zip line in wheelchairs. They can ride horses. I mean, it's it's an amazing amazing opportunity. That's just from an outsider's perspective, right? So Chad, kind of kind of get us caught up to date, and then uh, we'd love to go deeper into where where you came from and, and what got you where you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, again, thanks for having me, and and especially the the chance to talk about camp. And it is it's a special place. And it is a place where kids with serious medical conditions, chronic illnesses can just be a kid. You know, they can forget about that illness and come to camp and, and try new things and build self-confidence and build resiliency and, and, and do all the things that you saw that you talked about. And then, and that's, that's what makes it special. Um, we call that camp magic, but that magic is, is intentional. You know, we, uh, So we're 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 a a year round camp that provides life changing camp experiences for kids six to 16 years of age, free of charge. And so these kids who are saddled with and their families who are saddled with so many expenses to take care of their of their needs, camp shouldn't be one of those one of those expenses. So it's free of charge, thanks to the Kyle Petty charity ride and and our many donors across the country. But they, the kids come to camp, they're, they're put into cabins, you know, in, in the summer camp setting, they're put into cabins with other kids who are like them, who have a similar illness. And there's great, again, intentionality in that because some kids come to camp. In fact, I've got a right here next to me, I've got a, a letter from a mom and it says the first sentence in the letter says, thank you for saving my son's life. And, it, and Victory Junction didn't save his life, it's the other kids in his cabin And so let me let me finish that thought is is so we put kids who think they're all alone in the world with this medical condition and they get put into a cabin with seven other boys their age that have the same medical condition and they realize, you know, I'm not alone in this world with this and they can and and they're going to learn so much more from each other than they will from me or from a counselor or from a volunteer. Um, And so this child in particular didn't want to exercise, eat healthy or check his blood, he had diabetes. He didn't want to do that because no one else in his class at school was doing that. So that, that made him different. So he didn't want to do that. He wouldn't want to be different. So he comes to camp and he realizes that there are other kids who are more advanced in their self-care. And he, he realized, you know, I need to do this to take care of myself. And so he comes home. He doesn't even get home. Actually, mom picks him up and says, you know, hey, how was camp? And, and he says, mom, I want to start checking my blood and exercise and eating healthy. And she's. She's uh she's like, I I think I picked up the wrong child. She she in fact letter goes on to talk about how she needed to do a U-turn and bring the child back because she she was afraid she picked up the the uh the wrong kid. And uh, so you know that's that's the magic of camp. And the magic is just just allowing kids to be kids, to make friends, and to give them a chance to explore and 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 to to do new things. You know, we want to provide those experiences. To, to everyone, uh, to every child. Every child deserves a chance to go to camp. Kyle Petty says it best. We want to serve the sickest of the sick. And so, in fact, you know, there have been times where we have modified our entire program to allow a single child to come to camp for one day during the summertime um, because he's only got 30 days to live. And that's, that's his wish. His make-a-wish is to be able to come to camp. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll do whatever we got to do to serve that child or any other child. And so that's, that's really the special, the special nature of camp. You know, it's not just a victory junction thing, it's a camp thing. And so, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm blessed to be able to be here and, and to be a part of it. It's a fantastic place. You know, I should say, so we do summer camp, we do family weekends in the spring and fall. In fact, we have a family weekend going to be here today, starting today and ends on Sunday. And then we also have an outreach program where we take camp activities to, bedsides as well as playrooms and all the pediatric hospitals in North Carolina, South Carolina. And now we've started into Virginia as well. That's amazing. So um, just remind our audience one time what the what the name of the camp is. So it's it's Victory Junction. Victory Junction and, and the website that they could go to check it out. Yes yeah, so you can you can check us out at VictoryJunction.org. O R G. Okay. Thanks for that. I mean that's an incredible Incredible thing you guys are doing. It's been 20 years, you said? It is 19 years. We'll be celebrating our 20th year next year. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah, you said something that really sparked my interest. And, you know, with everything that you do in life, professionally, you know, when you do it with intention, right, it brings a whole nother level of care to whatever act that you might be doing at that time. Clearly, you don't do this alone. You have an incredible team around you, I'd imagine.
0: Absolutely, absolutely believe me, no one would show up it was just me here. I promise you.
1: <laughs> so like that goes without saying, but how have you as a leader and, and and it's okay to you know talk about yourself here for a minute because you know it, all, it, it starts here sometimes how have you as a leader poured intention down to your team to make sure that they execute with that same level of intention and care every single day
0: Wow um yeah, you know, I, I think I think everything we do, first first of all, management is a big part of that and support. And, I, and I, I think support is a big part of management. And so I think we intentionally, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot here is being your, you know, supporting your camper. You know, I'm, I'm not working hands-on with the campers, but I'm intentionally working with my direct reports. And those direct reports are working with their direct reports. And eventually you're going to get to the camper. And we do that very intentionally. And so I'm supporting my direct reports in order to make them the best version of themselves. And then they're doing the same thing on down the line. And when we get to campers, you know, that's going to provide an, an incredible camp experience for those, for those campers. And so I think that's one of the things that we intentionally do is we intentionally manage. Um, but a big part of that, that management is really supporting and and you know my my role for our you know as it goes down to really the 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 operations team is through our chief operating officer and, and and really you know this is I give him the credit to this this idea of our you know your camper you know he's my camper so as we have folks come into the organization we talk about you know your role and eventually the camper is going to benefit from that you know I would love nothing more than spend every single day working with campers. I mean, that's why I got into nonprofit and into this work. But as you age and evolve and, and grow into different positions, you know, as CEO, my role is not to provide, you know, an old boss at the Y many years ago. He said, Chad, you're the most expensive child care provider in the world, right? <laughs> you know? And, and so that was his way of telling me to get out of the program and get it to the level that I needed to be. And uh, so I, I think that's one of the things that we do with intentionality is is really supporting the people we're supposed to be supporting.
1: Yeah. And, and I think you, you said that beautifully. We um, we recently just to share a little story on that topic. We recently edited some of our core values as an organization and we actually, you know, we've always had five mm-hmm. and we we decided to add a six because we thought it was so critical. And. You know, we have a lot. It's like automate and simplify, next level hustle. You know, we have you know more core values. But one we added, I thought was really neat. Um, there, this concept of team, and you know, it was like you know we thought of like team, not me. You know, all this kind of stuff because we truly live by it. like we hire, we fire, we lead by all of our core values as as a business. And the one we added was team, but it's T dot. E dot, A dot, M dot, and together everyone achieves more. And when you work together as a unified team, just like you described with your direct reports and their direct reports, you're able to achieve a level of intention to pour down into what you're actually operating. And, you know, for you, you're operating an incredible camp that changes lives. And of course they, I'm sure, pour back into the staff to, to just Fuel that even further. Right. Um, and their love and their excitement about being there and everything that they that they do as well. So um, it's, it's really, really cool to hear you say that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I love what you're talking about when you talk about values and and culture. That's certainly something that we've done under my leadership here is is discovered our values and live by them. And in fact, you know, I always use the term, you know, one of the terms from um, from good to great. And, uh, you know, talking about the people on the bus, you got to have the right people on the bus and the right seats on the bus. And actually, as we were discovering our values, you know, I had a team member come to me and say, you know what, Chad, it's time for me to get off the bus. The reason why is she couldn't she knew she couldn't live up to the values. And that was great for her and great for us. I mean, it, it's, it's the way it's supposed to be. And so we we've culture is important. And I think I think values are a big part of. Of creating that culture, I really do. So that's that's something that's really important to me, and uh, you know, something that we really strive to 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 work
2: on here is is our culture, and and we do a lot of that through our values. Yep. And so, do you see the difference when you talk to the CEOs from regular businesses to versus a nonprofit when you start investigating your values or how you want to run uh, the company? Do you see differences in in that or is it pretty much just like running a company?
0: Yeah. You know, I I think there's a misnomer in nonprofits that that, you know, nonprofits are just this this thing that's much different than the business world. But, you know, if if nonprofits didn't make money, we wouldn't be in business. You know, there would be no nonprofits. And so I I don't think there's any difference. Boomer, I really don't. I I think that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Business is in business. For whatever reason, and whether it's selling widgets or if it's providing camp experiences, right? I think it's one and the same. I think they're the same for a nonprofit as it would be any other other business. I, I'm a big I'm a big football guy. I'm a big coach guy, and I look at you know teams, and I'm, I'm unfortunately have to say that I'm a Cowboys fan. And you know it's been a long century for us Cowboys fans, and and I believe there's a culture issue going on down there in Dallas. You know what I mean? So I just think business in general, nonprofits, for profits, football teams, whatever. I I think culture is a big part of that, and uh, and and leadership
2: in that culture is a big part of that. So Chad, I've known you for about five years, maybe. I first did the ride in sixteen, I guess it was. Yeah. So. You know, I, I, we've known each other by working next to each other. Like Chad comes out on the ride and he'll do, like he said, he's in the field doing the work. We stop at a at a local, you know, gas station, load up the uh, the motorcycles with gas. Imagine 125 motorcycles going through a gas station, gas stop. And Chad will be out there helping hold the autograph sign as the, uh, you know, Richard and Kyle Petty and our celebrities go through and sign autographs for the local folks that came out to support. He, I don't see anything that's beneath him. But I'd like to know, Chad. You know what is your your background? You said you're a Cowboys fan. That's interesting to me. Um, <laughs> but you know, you had you have other athletic endeavors as well. Like, tell me a little bit about that background and how you use that kind of going forward today. Yeah,
0: we. You know, I got into non- honestly, I got into nonprofit through my college fraternity. I was introduced to philanthropy through Pi Kappa Phi fraternity. So I'm a member of Pi Epify. Phi. And uh, you know our, our philanthropy was uh, an organization. It's called the Ability Experience, and it's an organization that serves people with disabilities. And uh, so that was my intro to that. You know, I pushed a wheelchair from Elon College to University of North Carolina Greensboro, where I went, and didn't really know why I did that. But eventually, I got involved in a bicycle ride. So the the philanthropy did a bicycle ride. It's a cross country ride. I, it's uh, from San Francisco. Actually, I had three places Seattle, San Francisco, and Long Beach, California. And, uh, you know, I participated in that ride as an undergraduate. So, um, and I did that for the athletic endeavor. You know, to be qu- completely honest, I'm like, I want to say that I rode my bike across the country. Look at me, Mr. Macho, right? That, that was the reason I did it. But really, a week, two weeks in, uh, having interactions with people with disabilities. I just felt, I felt like I had a knack for it. I enjoyed it. You know, I walked into a room and I had a team members tell me this, you know, we walked into a room and, and, you know, guys would would gravitate to people who they felt comfortable gravitating to. I gravitated. It's hard, hard for me not to get emotional about this. I typically gravitated to the kids who didn't have anybody gravitating to them. And that was oftentimes because Maybe they had something that, you know, was very visible that, you know, you were uncomfortable with. But I knew that, uh, you know, the purpose of our visit was to we called them friendship visits. The p- purpose of our visit was to visit with these kids and these, and these adults. And so that was my thing. I, I went to the kids who didn't have someone with them. And, uh, you know, so, again, I realized that I, that was just something that I was I was good at, I felt like. And and I was passionate about it. And uh, so that led me to, a, you know, I I worked for that organization for a couple of years, kind of like I would consider that Peace Corps work at that point in time. When I graduated college, I worked for the Ability Experience for two years, traveling the country, um, trying to encourage college students to get involved in these programs, as well as uh, just trying to help them fundraise and and find volunteer opportunities. That, you know, led to uh, I went to work for the Y for a few years. I left there. Went for the work for the why. Really, the why cemented my career in nonprofit. I really had a, um, a, a friend and a mentor who really led me into the administration side of nonprofit work, if you will. And then that led, you know, I got called back to the Ability Experience. And I was executive director, the CEO for the Ability Experience for 17 years. And then that led me. There was a call for, uh, for this job at, at Victory Junction, and that led me to Victory Junction. Um, so really, my my passion for nonprofit um, was discovered um, by a cross-country bicycle ride on behalf of people with disabilities back when I was a college student. So, you know, that's that's kind of what led me to where I am now. So this has been really, oh, I say this uh, loosely, but a lifelong journey. Most Definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. I still tell people, I don't know what I, what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> I'm still on the journey. I, I I would say I'm most definitely still on the journey. You know, I would I would just say, you know, this you know next level podcast. I mean, I think you're always on the journey. You're always trying to improve yourself. You're always trying to figure out how you can be the better version of yourself tomorrow than you were today. You know, I I tell guys that all the time. You'll be a better manager tomorrow than you are today, and you'll be a far better manager next month than you were this month. As long as you're willing to put in the work and recognize that you have to be malleable, right? Like you That's have
1: right. to be able to be taught. You have to be able to have, be self-aware on where you need to approve in certain areas. And you know, clearly you have a huge passion for what you do. I mean, it's evident. And I'm sure, you know, the listeners can tell that as well. You know, it's, it's uh, when you when you're doing what you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like my my next question to you, and this is it's funny. I, I pivoted. My next question to you is, what do you do for fun? I think you're doing what you do for fun.
0: So <laughs> <work>. <laughs> Don't tell the board of directors this, but yeah, I would I would stay here all the time and work here all the time. It's it's it is. I, well, you know, and to, to seriously answer your question, because I do, I, I I use the quote, "If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life." And that's certainly what I think folks should do. Is they should seek what they love and find a way to work in that. Um, So most, most definitely, but what I do for fun, you know, I, I'm a, i am I love my family, you know, so, uh, so I have two kids in college now. Um, I enjoy being an empty nester more than my wife does. I guess that's a testament (laughs) to how good she is and how bad I am. But uh, you know, so I do, uh, we do quite a bit around the, you know, around the house and a lot of family type stuff. Um, But I like still to do things athletic, uh, you know, I, I'm big about taking care of myself. I don't think I can take care of others unless I'm taking care of myself first. And I'm, I feel better about myself when I'm when I'm exercising, running, cycling, you know, those types of things. Uh, I think that's important for me, especially at my age. But it's uh, those things are important for me. Uh, to feel good about myself and then come to work. And then, and as I mentioned before, supporting other people, I don't feel like, you know, there's a reason when you're on an airplane, when the oxygen mask falls, uh, that you're supposed to put the oxygen on you first and then assist others. And that's, that's the same thing. I think that's a great analogy for life and, and, uh, and for management, you know, so I try to take care of myself so I can take care of others. That's fantastic. It's so true too. You know, Boomer and I
1: talk about this a lot when he obviously coaches our, uh, our executive team at the company and then, you know, as you know, as a as a benefit to all the employees in the business, <laughs> we have uh, in the last couple of months transitioned to Boomer. Let's have our coaching sessions while we ride on a concept Two bike at the CrossFit <laughs> gym because it's like killing two birds with one stone. And then we quickly move to the sauna for 20 to 30 minutes where we pick up conversation
0: my hat's off to you because I don't want to be trained by Boomer. He scares me.
1: <laughs> it's good. Um, but uh, so t- talk to us a little bit about the ride because, I mean, look, you're, you're passionate. You guys raise a lot of money. Um, let's talk about the riders. You know, what does the event look like? You know, how did it begin? I know Kyle Petty's involved. Like, talk to us a little bit about just how it works, how it functions, what you guys get out of it. You know, how we can, how we can donate, you know, all that, uh, et cetera.
0: Yeah, so, so annually, and, and I should say that the Kyle Petty Charity Ride is the largest, cumulatively, um, is the largest donor to Victory Junction in our 19-year history. Uh, so annually, the, the charity ride is getting together, picking a route, and, and these folks, you know, right now, actually, I know support vehicles are heading out to uh, Salt Lake City. Motorcycles are being transported. People are riding their motorcycles out. But they'll all converge on Salt Lake City and spend a week riding a route uh, throughout the West this year, and uh, you know, raising money and and raising awareness for Victory Junction and our and our mission. And uh, so a day to day ride, I mean, you know, Boomers got it made in the in the photo van, you know, up up front, <laughs> you know, and kind of kind of casually. Uh, uh, I say casually riding. I mean, it's it's a very, when you put that many vehicles, that many cars and motorcycles in a, in a caravan, I'm in the PR van in the very back. So boomers ride up front is nice and, you know, 55 miles an hour, nice and smooth, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, in the back, we're yo-yoing. You know, <laughs> we could be doing 91 minute. We could be doing, you know, 20 miles an hour the next. You know, it's in just... Y- this, you, you probably have a cloud of exhaust yes, in yes, the entire time. It it can be intense sometimes, but it's you've got this caravan, you know. and We're going from one one spot to the next. So where, where are you going? Where are you going in two weeks? You start in Salt Lake City. Yeah. So so this this year, I you know and I'm, this is where I'm terrible. I I need, I need a cheat sheet. I know we're going oh, to
2: Ton- yeah. We're going to go from uh, Salt Lake City. We're going to go to uh, Tonopah. In Nevada, middle of nowhere. We're going to have a day off in Tonopah. Then we're going to go to Las Vegas. Maybe you've heard of it, spend a day there. Then we're going to go up to, I believe, Cedar City, Utah, and then Moab, which would be beautiful, and then finish in Salt Lake City. So that's kind of our route this year.
0: And I think you got it spot on. I I have the, uh, that's the only thing I've got it saved in my weather app. Uh, (laughs) There you (laughs) go. (laughs) Bo- Boomer's right. You know, I show up and I just do what I'm told and, and then try to help out as much as I can. But, you know, we'll ride city to city. And when we stop at those cities, there's a number of uh, uh, celebrities that ride along. You know, we've got Kyle Petty, you've got Richard Petty, uh, Kenny Wallace this year, you know, Herschel Walker, a former, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, you know, several uh, folks in NASCAR will ride along. Rick Allen, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a commentator with NBC. So a number of those folks will ride along with the with the guys, and um, and what they'll do is we'll 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 run a fan line for um, for fans to meet the celebrities, and you know we have a chance to talk a little bit about Victory Junction while we're riding. Obviously, the media will come out, you know, speak to Kyle about about that type of stuff, and and myself, and so just spreading the word about Victory Junction, and you know, and here's here's where that really translates into. Into our camp, you know, typically a camp will will have a footprint that is regional, local, or even regional. Um, Ours is more national, and I think it's because of the charity ride as is a big part of that because we 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 serve kids from all fifty states and four different countries. And it's from the work of the charity ride and and some other NASCAR endeavors, I believe, that that allow that to happen. But, um, you know, the charity ride is a big part of that. And so so we'll do that three, four times a day until we, we make our way to our next city. You know, some of those are gas stops. Some of those are lunch stops. And then and then we get to our next city. And again, there's a stop there where the fans can come out greet the motorcyclists i mean it's certainly a sight to see hundred 120 motorcycles and all the support crew that are with us and uh, but it's just a, a chance for us to talk about camp and to raise awareness about camp and the and the need for this you know these kids need camp now more than ever you know these are kids that were already isolated pre-pandemic and now they're even more further isolated and so this is a the kids need camp and so this gives us a chance to talk about that. And and get and get kids aware about okay this this organization exists and how can I get there?
2: That's amazing. One of the things that's cool about being a nationwide footprint is campers come out to the ride. So mm-hmm. here we are. We're in the middle of nowhere, and here comes someone who went, went to Victory Junction Camp, and it's it's amazing because it, it really ties in like oh this is why we're doing it. Right. Sometimes when you get you know away from in the middle of nowhere, you feel like, "Oh, why are we really doing this?" And then it really anchors the effort. So that's a really cool moment it happens several times through the ride. Campers and their family will come out and right. greet
0: us. You know, and, and 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 you know, and now we have some some kids who are are planning their vacation around the charity ride and how to get there. So that I think that's one of the things that's happening this year is one of our campers that's coming out is they plan their vacation. After they got the Cal Petty charity ride schedule, so that they could so they could be a part of it, you know. And, and for me, I, I just want to be there and and to because uh, so many of these so these riders all pay money to be a part of this to be a part of this event, and then we raise money along the way as well. I just want to be there to to make sure that they all know how much we thank you know how much we appreciate them and thank them for their efforts and and their promotion their advocacy of camp. I mean, this takes a village to provide this service free of charge. And our village is big. And uh, thank goodness we have a large village. And the Cal Petty Charity Ride is certainly a big, big part of our village and helping us um, do what we do. And so I just go out and do everything I possibly can in order to, to make sure that those, uh, those riders, um, those campers, and anybody who comes out, those fans know that uh, Victory Junction
2: appreciates them and their support. So I just want to – one last point about camp that I think is get, sometimes gets overlooked. We talk about the kids – Right and their ability to do things, but let's talk just really quickly about the parents. Right, what they actually get out of their kids going to camp. Like, what are some of the things you hear from the parents?
0: No, I think that's a great point, Boomer, and I appreciate you bringing that up. I think there's a couple of things. So, in our family weekend program, like we'll have this weekend, you know, if you're if you're a a, a, have a child with a a medical condition, you got to be thinking about. Let's just say they're in a wheelchair. You gotta be thinking every single day you gotta think about where are we going and is it is that gonna be accessible to us? It's just a small example. There are probably many, many other things they've got to be thinking about just to execute a day. So, so they come to camp, they don't have to worry about any of those things. So we know who's coming, we know what modifications need to be made. Those are all made in advance. They show up to camp. All they've got to worry about is reconnecting as a family. And so that's the beauty of the family weekend. And so the parents would say, hey, we didn't have to worry about, you know, we didn't have to worry about dietary needs. We didn't have to worry about accessibility issues. We could just focus on getting back together as a family and reconnecting as a family. And then certainly in the summer camp setting, you talk about, you know, folks dropping off their most important thing in their lives, their child to us, who has a medical condition, and they know they're going to be safe. And then they get they get respite, you know, so I'll talk about this ripple effect. So the campers certainly get get a lot out of camp, but the parents get so much out of it, too. And that's the ripple effect that you just ask about. So if it's respite, I'll give you a quick story. You know, and there's actually um, a board member now. But the first first time they came to camp, their child had never they'd never been separated from their child ever. In fact, they sleep with a baby monitor. She's 14 now, probably sick. Actually, she just aged out. She's 17 years old now. But they sleep with a baby monitor because she has a condition that if she has a seizure. It can be life-threatening. So literally, when she comes to camp, she has a nurse that stays up and sits next to her bed, stays awake all night, and watches her. So that's how how you know severe this, this is. The first year they came, it took them about four hours to be comfortable with the drop-off process usually about an hour and a half, two hour process, took them four. Wow. And the second year they were here, I, I, in fact, they were on my radar to be a board member. So I'd, I wanted to make sure that I connected with them. And before I could get down onto camp to see them, they had already, they were already on, their, already on their way out. They were here for 30 minutes. And I, and I asked them, I said, you know, you, you guys just got here. Where are you going? And, and they said, well, you know, we are, uh, we're going on a second honeymoon. You know, the first year they they not only stayed here for four hours, they thought they were going to get a phone call every night to say, hey, come pick your child up. We can't care for her. They never got that phone call. Well, the second year they went on it. They planned in advance, you know, a honeymoon. Not only were they, you know, leaving camp and leaving the city, they left the state and, you know, went on a cruise. So, um, you know, that just tells you the power of that respite that uh, that is needed for those family members and what they go through.
1: That's so true.
0: That's really special. That's uh, beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today.
1: Very much appreciate it. It's an incredible thing you're doing. Please keep up the good work, and please, if you don't mind, tell our listeners where they can go to donate if they feel inclined. Yeah,
0: a- absolutely. You can you can go to donate uh, to Victory Junction org, and uh, there's a there's a donate now button right there on that home page. But uh, yeah, I, you know, again, thank you. I know, thank you to the Kyle Petty Charity Ride. I know we're going to play this to, to those guys. But just thank you guys for the opportunity. Um, love what you're doing. Love to be a part of it. And and that's an honor. Honestly, it's an honor for me to uh, to be a part and uh, blessed to, to be asked to be a part of this. So thank you all. Well, yeah, I mean, it's honored honor to have you on. So
1: uh, without further ado, I am John, your co-host. I am out.
2: I'm Boomer. Uh, I'm also out, but you can follow the Kyle Petty Charity Ride ah. on Instagram. So just look up Kyle Petty Charity Ride and Follow that and see, you may, you see me. So I am Boomer, I am also your co-host and I am out.
1: You (laughs) can go out (laughs) to (laughs) your chat.
2: I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Hustle podcast, where we help you accelerate what you already know to the next level. If you'd like to
1: support the podcast, consider sharing it on social media, subscribing wherever you listen, or leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next week for another Next Level Hustle conversation. I'm John. And I'm out. And
2: I'm Boomer. I'm also out.